Hello, this is the uh, Utter Shambles Christmas special. Hello. And uh, we're joined Hello. by uh, Mark Gatiss and Alan Moore, because nothing says uh, Christmas more than the reinvention of uh, Victorian characters, uh, as far as I'm well. concerned, which is what you both do. That's, that's <laughs> there is a link. Is I just thought we were passing by. No, it was. <laughs> there is actually a, str- a, a reasonably a non-deliberate link. Uh, <laughs> the, um, and so we, we were going to just basically look through the TV listings magazine, uh, the popular TV listings magazine. We'd probably say Radio Times. That's what we're using. Obviously, we are. We're but, a reasonably middle class oh, the, podcast. Other listing magazines are available, in fact, far too many. Yes. That, see, that was an amazing thing to me, where oh. you're talking there about the listings magazine, when you the Radio Times was only BBC One, BBC Two and the radio yeah. stations, and TV, TV Times was ITV. Was the and the Radio Times was on a, a cheaper, kind of more blotting-style paper oh, to show that it was, it was still the war. Because that's the yeah. kind of sense we had. A, that's whereas we had TV be. Times was glossy and saying mm. powdered eggs, it's all over now. You can have real eggs again. Um, so what? We'll start off just by uh, Josie. You're going to say something about the films well, in, that see you. What's funny is I've been looking through the films that are on Channel Five, and uh, the Radio Times is not kind to them. Right? You've got um, uh, Crazy for Christmas, two stars, typically life affirming tale. Then that's Why is all it crazy says. Crazy for Christmas. Don't know. A Carol Christmas. Is it crazy Channel for the K 5. or not? Oh, no, just for the C. Right. Then we got um, Twice Upon a Time, two stars, silly wish fulfilment fantasy, that's it. Um, Channel 5, Up the Chastity Belt, Bawdy Frankie Howard Farce. Oh, and, and um, Ned Sherin, I think, would have yes, been the producer of that. Was, yes. uh, Meet the Santas, passable comedy They're not sequel. being unduly unkind, though, because these are all obviously terrible. Films. Yeah. <laughs> Films that are locked into a they can only be released from the 2nd of December and will be of no interest <laughs> the 3rd of January. For the very starting point, I think the director is not expecting some kind of Ingmar Bergman-esque longevity of that particular piece of work. Oh, they said that Connie and Carla is charmless. I quite like that film. Which Here's was a film that one? I saw advertising, I don't know if anyone knows it. Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. Did oh, you see I've heard that? of that. That was out the other year. I saw the trailer for... It was The what? And it, in that way, it's it's billed as like from the phenomenal nineteen part series. You got what? The Owls of Gahul. It's all made up. <laughs> so, Alan, what is the, the 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 Christmas memory television thing? Because I think the first thing that I found when I looked at this popular TV listings magazine was no um, sitcom movies, which to me was very much part of Christmas for a long time. Which was that at one in the morning uh, there will be the Lightly Lads movie yeah. if you were lucky, in or Steptoe and Son. No, in between us, the other day, uh, Carry On Abroad was on uh, Film 4 and I just hurriedly tweeted and I just, just went, I can't believe that the in between us is already on Film 4 and it's on now. <laughs> and uh, lots of people went, oh, I can't believe you made me do that. And then various people went, well, it's not, though. It's some oh, other film. And I went, ah, oh, you have not understood what I did. The uh, it's, I was very pleased this, this summer I was, during the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I, I don't watch any of the Big Brother things. So I was just sitting in between shows, just tweeting random things because it was the first night. I was going, this is going to be amazing. Peter and Christopher Hitchens have agreed to go into the house. And then people going, I can't believe it. I have never watched Celebrity Big Brother. Because of your stupid tweet, I've now watched some of it. People were very angry. People genuinely <laughs> believed that the Hitchens brothers might have, uh, might have done that. Won't happen now. No. Oh. I got into, yeah, last night we, we were doing one of our Christmas shows that Josie does as well, and uh, I think you've got to be quite careful when Christopher Hitchens has... has uh, uh, you might say sadly died, aren't you? But I always pre- take that as a presumption. Yes. Anyway, yeah. And we will also be doing later on, a, we're doing a, a five-minute montage of um, Kim Jong-il and <laughs> yeah. some of our favourite moments for... Uh, why is it always the good that die young? Also, um, the, you know, the big three... 
uh, Vashlev Havel, Kim yeah. Jong Il, and uh, Ronnie Wolf, Ronnie Wolf, creator yeah. of On the Buses, the big three. All There's going to be an atheist sitcom happening in heaven tonight <laughs> under a communist regime for a short time. That's why I always love that when they try and put those things together. Yeah, but, yeah that's the other that's thing I want to do with this, this godless show. <laughs> as I thought, the audience probably won't be up for me just going. Uh, um, and as we all know, this week someone uh, very uh, important in many people's lives um, has died. Someone who led the way. Uh, so please welcome with his Regvani impersonation, <laughs> Alexi Sale. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie Wolf has. Uh, well, I suppose we should. Perhaps that's what this show will become now. That that montage of, of the Oscars. Oh yeah, yeah. The Those who left us today, this this year. See that this always gets. You know when they say things like they'll go, um, the, the world will certainly not be. There'll be a little less laughter in the world from now on. And you go, well, I didn't know them. I just, they weren't. No, there won't be. There'll still be. I reckon the mean average of laughter <laughs> will remain approximately the same. Whatever shortfall, someone else for, will come for the through. death. There'll be someone else who goes. Tell you what. Now Ronnie Wolf's gone. I'll do two extra gags in the pub per night. <laughs> yeah. Except King, Kim Jong Il, I think. Kim Jong Il probably that is. Uh, that's not going to decrease the amount of laughter in the world, it's is to it? I, I, I sniggered a bit when I was just watching the news earlier. Um, Have you seen the son? I mean, the, the, his son, not the paper. Oh yes, he Kim Jong Un. Un, yeah. He's counting. They don't, they're not really trying with these names, <laughs> are they? I mean, it's uh, and presumably what? So now, um, will they? B- because he had, uh, he was the beloved leader, and um, his father, was... his Kim Il Sung was there. Yeah, yeah. His father was the divine leader. Mm. So and this one is the great successor, which is like a minor Chaplin film. Not quite, <laughs> not quite the same, is it? <laughs> or possibly one of those later Pink Panthers where they've just got a little bit of original Kim Jong Il, <laughs> but the rest of it is just going to be David Niven remembering Kim Jong Il. <laughs> With Joanna Lumley links. <laughs> yeah. yes. The annoying thing about his name is it's no good for puns. Kim Jong Il, I didn't even know he yeah. was dead. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is a back to front pun name. <laughs> So the, uh, the uh, oh no the, the only thing I was going to say about uh, when when Josie was on last night and Joanna Neary who was absolutely uh, hilarious as well the one you know when you're not certain whether you should make a joke about someone and because Joanna Neary was so tremendously funny I just walked home I went uh, Joanna Neary there proving that uh, Christopher Hitchens might not have been right about everything and even then oh. It really annoys me. She was so offensive and sexist and shit about women in comedy, and it's so unnecessary and it's so tiring. Uh, So it is, you know, it does remain to be said that not everyone's right about everything all the time. Well, death confirms a strange thing on on everyone, doesn't it? I mean, it's such a cliche to say, but it's absolutely true about former enemies lining up. And you think, well, really, you could have said that in the lifetime if you really meant it. (laughs) But actually, it confers a moment of of quiet. It was a bit. When, when Amy Winehouse died, there was this rush to hug the shroud mm. that, uh, in some cases, yeah, I mean, I because I'm not connected up, I tend to miss out on most of these sort of Twitter feuds or whatever, but um, there were people who had publicly hated her and vice versa who were rushing to give tributes. Mm. It... Um, no, it's uh, it's a bit yeah, it is very unseemly. Mm. 
I think anyone who wanted to say something rude about Chris Fitch they did because he was he was brilliantly acerbic. And the one that my favourite line still remains the Jerry Falwell uh, line at the end of he's, he's on Fox News. I think it was Jerry Falwell, wasn't it? Who just died, and he's on with Hannity and Coombs or something like that. And it's just this wonderful thing. He's going, he was a, a terrible man. He was a charlatan. And they're going, hey, the guy's just died. I would have said this when he was alive. <laughs> and, and Chris Fitch did have this, this wonderful knack in, in America of because he would say, um, sir, you have asked me on this show, madam. You and so they would go, oh, but the Englishman's being so. He's yeah, also yeah, showing yeah. a level of deference. We don't know when to... And then just as they're about to go off, they're fading his mic, and he said this wonderful line, which is going, if you'd given him an enema, he could have been buried in a matchbox. <laughs> um, so when anyone... Some people have written some slightly, obviously, acerbic things about Chris Hitchens, and you think, well, I don't think we can go, oh, come on, let's have a moment's grace. You go, no, that's kind of... Well, it's what that, he would have wanted. Genuinely, yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I, I think also that... Um, the Americans are strange like that because it's like George Galloway, when he appeared before the Senate committee, uh, they were just totally unprepared for him. I mean, I, he's a ridiculous buffoon, I think. But, but whatever, whatever you think of him, he, he, was, he did his research. And he sat before them. They're, they're, they're so convinced of their, their sort of shiny um, credentials as this terrifying you know, House Senate committee. And, and he just said, in a similar way, he said, I have met Saddam Hussein precisely one less time than your current Secretary of State for Defence. And they didn't know what to say. And he just went, he just slaughtered them. And it was a brilliant moment, no matter what you think of him, to see that sort of assumed power completely brought low by a man who simply did his homework. <laughs> he does, and again, he has some lovely sentences. Yeah. And he's, it can be wonderful to watch speaking. I mean, Here's I think my favourite. Would you like me to be the cat? From <laughs> oh, it's so horrible. The funniest part of that, actually, having watched it a thousand times, oh. is now my favourite bit is not him purring that, but it's it's Rula Lenska off screen going, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, that, that's how we need to judge all our leaders. So, yeah. we, need, we need to judge them by how easily manipulated by Ruler Lenska can they be. <laughs> well, this one managed to pass the Ruler Lenska test, but at the last minute fell at the Julie Covington hurdle. Yes. Very specific references there to the Rock Follies. What was the third our... one called in Rock Follies? Uh, oh, what was the first Julie Covington? Uh, now, was there a change in the no, lineup? Because no. there's Rock Follies and then Rock there's. Uh, by the way, younger listeners, why not turn away from uh, your listening machine for the time being? <laughs> this doing, will mean nothing to you for three minutes. I, I tell you what, I'm doing, anyone under 35, what I'm doing is looking at the interview with David Cameron in this uh, oh. Christmas Radio Times. I'm looking at the DVDs on his shelf yeah. and trying to ascertain what they are so that I can laugh at the poor artists who've made them. Uh, and so far, I've got Desperate Housewives, Into the Wild, that thing with Eddie Vedder, the soundtrack, Scream, and Michael McIntyre. <laughs> 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 okay, and here's an example for me, our beloved leader, David Cameron, Quickfire PMQs, Downton or Dickens, both clever. He's allowed to outnumbered or abfab, abfab, Midsummer Murders or Sherlock. Made some murders. Ah, oh, what an idiot! Snap election. Do you know what? Very <laughs> clear. But I think because they are, they, I enjoy both of those things. Me too. I, I, I uh, love them. They are entirely separate. Yes. That's yes. to me. That that's the equivalent. You, you know, because what I don't even know how to describe the difference there between the, the However, two. However, I still have to judge him on that. Yeah. Quick fire PMQ, and I think for that reason alone, the coalition should dissolve. Hmm. Also, he said he likes Frozen Planet, but he's done nothing to uh, halt climate change. 
Oh, it's a bit out of good. order, isn't it? Mm. Oh, let's not go into that. We were talking about that the other day, which is, uh, have you been following this, uh, Alan, the, the, the wonderful thing about the fact that because uh, a polar bear birth was not in the geographical oh, location it, that uh, was suggested by David Attenborough, I was therefore away, yeah. all facts and figures within the show are redundant. And there um, is no global warming. There's no global warming. Oh. They whited up a grizzly bear or <laughs> used an old puppet. And uh, it, it seems to be quite an incredible... Because David Attenborough, I think, has said that this has happened almost every series he's done. Oh, well, actually, that place was slightly different to what you said. But, you know, he's not lying about going, you know, here the ice is receding. Is actually the North Pole or is that the back of my fridge? <laughs> then you go, fair enough. <laughs> but this is... This, to me, seems... Yeah, as I said to you the other day, Ron, it makes me incandescent with rage. I can't actually articulate how mad this spat makes mm. me because it's utter bollocks. It's time-wasting. It's, time so, it's venal. It's so, so wrong that they will attack something as magnificent as the frozen planet by attacking the fundamentals of wildlife photography, as I said. You know, it has always been thus, that the, vocal, the famous vocal pregnancy from Life on Earth in 1979, an incredible moment, never ever before captured, in which a, a very rare species of frog, the male of the species, um, actually incubates the, the tadpoles in its throat. It's never been captured... And amazingly, it was not captured by a cameraman on the jungle floor accidentally filming it. It takes six months in a laboratory in Bristol because that's how it has to be done. Mm. And the idea that the male is suddenly, this is somehow a scandal. I, I, I just don't know what to do. Sometimes I hate this country for, for that sort of stupidity and that sort of low um, base um, doubting of, of, of motives and somehow ascribing something sinister to something as magnificent as that program. Well, it seems like if people are going to demand absolute veracity, then there's probably things that they should be demanding it of, of the rather papers. than wildlife <laughs> Yes, quite. You know, yeah. it's... Um, no, no, I... Uh, yeah, you just with the standard, the media, the news, yeah, that has to be true. I think we can all agree on that, but uh, no, you know, polar bears or monkeys, it doesn't matter. Well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because the news is so often... I mean, I'm now amazed by... I, I don't read the newspapers. I very rarely read the newspapers, and I, I very rarely watch television news because for a while I, I would occasionally, just for kicks, watch ITN because <laughs> I would find the, 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 the ITV news the day -day. is just so hilarious in terms of, it, of its uh, everything. It's constantly editorialised. You, you mm. are always mm. told what to think the mm. whole time. Mm. This tragic... Th oh, oh must, this must be tragic. There, there's almost an orchestra swelling all the time. They do put soundtrack even... music yeah. on them, yeah. don't they? On some of the news stories, sort of, uh, or under some of the tragic news stories, just so that you know that it's tragic. So we should have Simon Bates's Our News. That'll be a moment. This child had hoped to get some porridge, but lives a long way from the porridge factory. Da, 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 da. This is Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. <laughs> but this is what the, the problem is where with journalism, which drives me. It's they. It seems like su such a small. As you use the wonderful word venal. Venal is one of my favourite words, and it is. The, it's such a small world where you are not allowed that the mimophant thing, which we are going to get everyone to use the word mimophant, because I think mimophantism is this wonderful uh, term. Which uh, do, you, do you know? You know mimophant? Do you, Alan? 
I'm, get, I'm getting one for Christmas. I, I think the. Uh, do you know what? They are actually much easier to keep than they, the name suggests. <laughs> uh, in fact, you may well be a little bit disappointed. Uh, it's an elephant that gives you hay fever. Um, <laughs> the, the, I, I can't remember who. The, originally, I think was said about Bobby Fisher, Mimifant, uh, which is someone who uh, will attack others like an elephant, trample over everyone, but when uh, someone else chess. turns round and goes, um, Would you know what? Some of the things you're writing about, they go, well, Don't pick on me because yeah. I'm a flower. <laughs> So they immediately transmogrify into, into this band. delicate oh, thing. Oh, that's good. And, uh, and it's one of my, my favourite words of, 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 <laughs> that I've found out in the last couple of years. And that seems to me the problem with journalism, which is that they are... It's like, you know, the, yeah, the, the yeah, wonderful yeah. Yann Moi, as uh, I like to consider her, where, you know, you will see these journalists who will be a high moral mountains... Dishing out, dishing ...castigating out. some comic who said something reasonably trite or whatever, and then do exactly the same thing themselves. But they've, they've transformed mm. now. Yeah. It's constant. That didn't go anywhere, did it? It was good, though. <laughs> it's just too depressing to comment on. Well, I, let's get back to what we're going to watch on this <laughs> I was just thinking that I sometimes do that, though. Like, we all, we're all, I think mean, everyone like, has that to an extent. About, like, about politics, I'll be like, I'm so angry about this, and someone will be like, well, you should back that up, and I'll be like, I'm just a comedian, guys, leave me alone. <laughs> I don't know anything. It's quite nice to actually be able to turn from an elephant into a flower. A bit like, remember in Arabian Nights? Younger viewers turn yeah. off now. No, but I tell you what, in Aladdin... Size of an elephant! Yeah. I used to love but that. But in the oh, D- yeah. Disney Aladdin, Banana there's splits. a bit. In that the Disney the Aladdin, there's a little bit in the animation. Oh, they d- yes, that's right, yeah. That's for the younger viewers. Size of an elephant. Mm. Listeners. Was he, was, he, was he called Shazam? Well, there were lots of them, weren't there? There was one who used to go... Uh, you could pull the donkey's tail, it was like a whirlwind. There was one that went, Rosanne Khabar. Rosanne Khabar, I remember that and one. And then Size of an Elephant or Size of a Mouse. That was, it was, I love that. The so- but the thing was, that was a bit strange because he didn't... He was actually going to change into an elephant or a mouse. It yeah. wasn't just size, was it? Yes, it was I know, that used to annoy me. Shape as well. Think, why is he not just a sort of elephant-shaped block? Or size and shape of an elephant. <laughs> you know. just elephant. You could yeah. just have elephant. Yeah. It's a good catchphrase, though. <laughs> Um, what, do you, if you've got a bee fetish, if you're an elephant with a bee fetish, yeah. that's very handy to have this the mimifant thing you're talking about. Yes, yes, size of a bee. But do, were you aware? I wasn't until you know comparatively recently, i.e., twenty years ago, that um, that the banana splits was a bizarre concoction of cancelled. Uh, American animations. So what looked to us like an unbelievably rich cocktail of brilliant things, like the one where they were shrunk and, and drove around in the garden, mm. whatever that was called, and... Garden uh, car. Garden car, and uh, Arabian Nights, and all the other ones that were in that thing and linked by, by the Banana Splits, it was because those shows were short-lived. They were repackaged and sold around the world as this sort of bizarre variety there show. There was uh, the Space Cadets. Yes. I remember them with Captain Skyhook. God bless you. It was their adversary. Mm. So were there any cancelled <laughs> Alan Moore works that we can kind of package together? With, with Banana Splits? Uh, yeah, with Josie and me and Big Fluffy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That would work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we could drum up something. <laughs> if we could just take out from your mind all the things you didn't get quite round to finishing and then you're good at sewing, I'm, I'm happy, sewing. I'm good at gluing. Yeah. Be you do life. all the voices. Yeah, yeah. Flea That's what I love. Who did we get last time? Because people will now be looking up some things you mentioned. Oh, this was the last time you did the podcast. Enormous number of people uh, looked up uh, Mike Reed fans. Oh, <laughs> oh, did oh, blue, yeah. uh, blue tulip. Blue, blue tulip. Blue yeah. tulip. Rose Reed. Yeah. 
uh, who uh, has since... No, I just uh, keep thinking about you doing the voice. She's st- I mean, she's, she was on Britain's Got Talent. I think she might have no. transferred her affections to someone else. Someone told me the other day she might have gone wholesale. Oh, not dirty and stupid. What did she do on Britain's no, Got no, Talent? No. His breath stinks, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> my, reed, my reed has beautiful breath. <laughs> H2's breath stinks. What did she do on Britain's Got Talent? She did... Um, she did a song which she yapped like a dog. Oh, wow. And, of course, being Britain's Got Talent, the mob put, uh, threw rocks at her and then crucified yeah. her. <laughs> she was. Uh, she basically she did it in the documentary as well. She did. She would just do this thing. Well, I actually, I actually did a similar act in Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah. This guy who, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't nearly as good. It'd been really built up to. Paul Zenon had told me there's this guy who just barks through songs, and he doesn't. He sings them, and there's a bit of barking. Like, do there was you know no sense of insanity. He's got it from Blue Tulip. Yeah, I think it was very blue I'd right. like to ask Alan Moore a question. Go ahead. Alan, what is your favourite Christmas memory? My favourite Christmas memory? Um, I'm now going to sing The Little Drummer Boy underneath. I had a near Christmas memory where I thought it was Christmas. November. <laughs> but it, um, it turned out not to be. That was... Um, I was only about two... No, three something like that and um, my father came into my room uh, and I'd woken up in the wrong room I was in my grandmother's room when I'd gone to sleep in my own room and uh, he said uh, would you like to come on into the bedroom we've got a surprise for you and I said is it Christmas and he said no no and I said is it Easter and he said, no, it's, just come along into the... And I said, is it my birthday? And he said, no, just come along to the bedroom. And I said, have you bought me those Dandare soldiers that I saw in the window of the toy shop the other day? And he said, look, just come along to the bedroom. And they took me along and he said, it's a new baby brother. <laughs> and I, I slumped He was so disappointed. Because I'd, I'd worked my way... Down. Yeah, and um, I got I got used to him eventually. You also know. know that all the occasions you were talking about, the rewards you previously had on those occasions will be now halved. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. I mean, and and as far as other famous or favourite Christmas memories, I I used to like the family Christmas parties because they'd very often be a scandalous disaster <laughs> as as everybody got more and more drunk and sort of sometimes I mean there was one year where we just we never had a family Christmas party again it was just wow. that extreme and I didn't understand I was only young you know I was 25 26 something <laughs> like that you know but uh now, Christmas, I suppose one of my favourite memories would have been the ghost stories. Would have been the ghost stories that they, when they used to have those great MR James mm-hmm. stories on, and there'd be people like Peter Vaughan and stuff like that. I mean, that was on what, Christmas Eve? Well, I mean, you know, we'd have to look it up, really, but, but it, it should have been, and it probably was, but they, they move around a lot and they do, they do still repeat them, but. Well, they uh, were on every year. I mean, they, yeah. the Prince of all, one of the Michael Horden. There's about, there's about five or then... six constant years, and then, uh, and then, and then, uh, I think seventy. The, the last few were, were new ones. They weren't. Uh, they weren't Mr. James. Signalman was seventy-seven. Yeah. But so, um, but yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a, it's a, it's a tradition which should always be honoured, and then, and then isn't. 
until it, until I did some a few years ago, and then I wanted to do some more, and they weren't interested. <laughs> then they did a new version of Whistle I Come To last year. Nothing this year. Mm. It's so um, annoying. It's like there should just be there should be a pot of money put aside to make a Christmas ghost story, mm. regardless. And and the I I did happen to see uh, the Whistle and I'll Come To You that was on last year and. Uh, I, I don't know what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't that, the yeah. M.R. James story. It seemed to have a similar title, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't get... Sorry. Sorry, no, carry on. No, no, you carry on. I forgot what I was going to say. Well, so no, no, it's I was, disaster. I was, was going to say about... I mean, those... Uh, my favourite was um, uh, Warning to the Curious yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with Peter Vaughan, mm. right and um, it was all set in Oldborough. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, which I hadn't realised when I was down in Oldborough a couple of years ago at uh, the Snake Maltings thing with the um, uh, English Journey thing that Ian Sinclair had put together. And I hadn't actually realised that this was the same territory that uh, was practically mentioned in Warning to the Curious and where they actually filmed it on location. Mm, but it's all there, isn't it? All around East Anglia and uh, yeah, yeah. the Three Lost Crowns. It's brilliant. And, I mean, all, that was such a classic things. horror because, mm. I mean, in terms of special effects, it's somebody with a ragged coat mm. on, mm. and that's about it. Um, there's there's not a CGI effect in it, and it's so much better mm. because it's just relying upon M.R. James's story. There's an amazing bit when, um, because the spirit has a, a hacking cough, he died of TB, I think, something like that. And uh, <clears throat> Peter Vaughan has, has found this crown, lost crown of England, and he has it in his trunk, and he's in his bed, and he can hear this scratching sound. <coughs> and then this cough. And he, he puts his torch on, points it round the room, and you just for a second get this glimpse of the, the figure in the black coat crouched over the trunk, and he sort of half turns. You see about that much, about a half moon of his face. <laughs> it's... Utterly horrifying. <laughs> See, that's what DVD and video have ruined, haven't they? The, the chance when you can actually freeze frame, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's never like the, the moment where Michael Myers in Halloween briefly has his mask ripped off by Jamie Lee Curtis, mm. and he's just kind of got a face that's a little bit long, really, a bit kind of. But but you, before you could do that, you just you imagine by the end of it, it's like mm. the, the famous Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. Yeah. That's when when people first saw it, they were, and then I saw this, and then I saw that, and then they go, oh, it didn't happen. No. It's what we were talking a bit about the other day, which is something we've talked about for him, which is the the importance of, of the imagination playing a part. We were talking about what makes yeah. things haunting, and, and as you said, not CGI, not seeing the horror, seeing enough of the horror for every individual to make up their own, their own horror. Exactly, so you yeah. want, for each person faces mm. their own... What was that? There is that wonderful story, isn't there, where, where the, the, whatever is in the room is always... Well, I suppose it's partly 1984 as well, but there's one about, imagine, you know, always being... Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. No, it's not. It's the one about those two <laughs> fellows who go looking for hashish. Um, what's that one called? Kumar and uh, oh, Harold God. and Kumar get the munchies. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've not seen that yet. I don't know. No. The, uh, it's certainly it, made in the nineties, which is far too late for films. <laughs> as far as I'm but I think that's true. It's it's true of all art and yeah. all entertainment. Less isn't is it? more. Well, it's also more. that I think that it's going to be affecting. It's kind of directly proportional to how much work the reader or the audience is having to do. Mm, mm. If you're reading a book where you are coming up with the way that all the characters look, how their voices mm. sound, you're completely engaged. It's like mm. virtual reality mm, mm. because you're doing half the work. Yeah. 
Whereas, all too often, I mean, a film, it will just wash over you. And I think that people tend to use, unfortunately, television and films a lot as something to switch off to. Mm. Yeah. And you consequently get this stuff that is not affecting. Well, there's an incredible amount of spoon-feeding because there's a terrible suspicion that the audience will, will not get it and will therefore turn off. Whereas, in fact, my experience and most people's experience is if, if you're um, presented with something incredibly challenging... I mean, I, I lost count, I've lost count of the times that various people in television have told me that their favourite show is The West Wing which is, it takes no prisoners at all. You actually sort of, it's a bit like a tennis match, you try, but you desperately want to keep up because you want to know what's going on. You don't go, oh, fuck, excuse me. Mm. You don't go, I don't, I'm not interested You're allowed to, it's not ready oh. for. Yeah. <laughs> <They> don't, <laughs> aren't, we actually have a warning of extreme language hey. in the show on their website. Well, you don't go, fuck, this because you, because you can't be bothered. You actually are so engaged, you're going, I must keep up. This is, this is demanding of something of me, and I want to keep up with it. Yeah, because you think, I desperately want to know what happens and yeah. how to work this out. Yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> but certainly, no, I mean, in terms of horror, I mean, that's a, to me, it's, abs- it's so absolutely wonderfully fundamental to it. All my favourite things, especially ghost stories, are to do with delicacy. Mm. And it's, a, it's about, you know, you can scare the pants off people, but you can do it. In, I was talking to Ron the other day about that amazing bit in, in Cat People, which Val Luton then extrapolated into an actual, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, a method, uh, the Luton walk and the Luton bus that what appears, what you imagine in your head is the sound of the panther grabbing her is actually the break, the air brakes on the bus. And it makes, still makes people jump out of their seats. It's just a moment of pure horror and, and it's so, so simple. What about Christmas? Sorry, Josie. No, I was going to say, it's not entirely the same, but there's that bit at the beginning of the Pulp song, do you remember the first time? And it's got the, the exact sound of the Victoria Line train going, Mm. Like just before it starts and whenever I'm near the Victoria Line train and I hear that sound yeah, I can yeah, think yeah, of that yeah. song straight away and like oh and because it's so anyway it's not that relevant but no, no it's all relevant I get triggered by the different sounds that uh, zebra crossings make there's some of it that sounds depending upon the speed of the beeping uh, there's one near where I live that always sets me off into uh, the cyber dance <laughs> uh, whereas there's one just down the road that is actually Donkey Serenade. Um, oh, are they slightly different? In, I bet slightly they are, different. I don't some of them notice. are. Some of them, yeah. you get to those ones where, which are absolutely for the blind, really sophisticated ones with multiple beeps, mm. and and then the, the next one along is just like fuck the blind. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be careful. In Australia, they go. Like that. Sort of shaft version. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my one near me actually is pre-programs me to kill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got the Manchurian crossing, yeah. haven't you? <laughs> yeah. the, uh... it's the voice of Angela Lansbury. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so uh, on the Christmas theme, for Christmas horror films. I was trying to think. I think of Black Christmas mm. with Keir Dully, as far as I remember, yeah. from uh, from two thousand one. Does Scrooge the... count? No, Scrooge's not a horror film, is it? It's, it's quite a Christmas horrific. film. It's not yeah. horrific. There's... What are you talking oh, about? Oh, okay. And mice comes from death. John Forsyth's skull at one Scrooge-der. point. Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge John Forsyth's skull. There's a bit where a mouse pops out and has a little look from the top of his skull. Oh, that's true. Aww. But the yeah. ghost of... It's, it's one of those sweet, sweet zombies. In fact, I would say any version of the Christmas Carol that does it properly is going to be a horror film. It's a ghost story. Oh, the no. ghost of Christmas... I'll tell that's you what... Horrible. Oh, I suppose To my okay. mind, You're right. this, is, You're right. this is my favourite horror film full stop. And also, um, helpfully, it happens to be 
my favourite Christmas horror film, and that would be It's a Wonderful Life, <laughs> which I thought, I saw that as a child, and it was terrifying. Yeah. The, the central vision of that, what would have happened if you'd never been born, yeah, that's yeah. True. is so really mm. cold and frightening. Seeing that yeah. as a child... Yeah. It, it was like it, a terrifying dream. It has an, It's one of my favourite films. It's a brilliant piece of work. It has an, a completely unnecessary reputation for sentimentality, which, yep. in fact, the bulk of it is unbelievably mm. bleak. And the baddie gets away with it. Yeah, yeah. The baddie, he, he gets, um, he gets away with the money. You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. Well, what are you but a warped, frustrated young man? Look at you. You used to be so cocky. <laughs> oh. But he steals the money and gets away with yeah. it. Yeah. No yeah. comeuppance for that guy. No, no, well, I, I was like thinking that. about, you know, what's that film where it's the babies before they've been born and they're all in this kind of weird hinterland and then they choose their parents to whom they're born and there's loads of kids. Oh. I, I'm not making this up. There's a whole, They're not babies, but they're like children in like a weird dimension limbo place before they're born. To one of yours, Alan. Limbo Baby. Yes, I was thinking uh, yeah, no, Where they're all dressed as sperm. Everything you ever need to know about sex. That's it was right. a similar thing. The Muppet to, um, Babies. No, oh. it's a real place. Um, Adrian, can you look it up? It's about... If you all, just put into like the search engine, babies are waiting born. to choose parents <laughs> in a Hollywood movie. I think people will know, people listening will know what this is. I, on that it's, subject of, of It's a Wonderful Life, um, I woke the other morning to an interview on the Today programme with Zuzu. Who is still with us? Really, Zuzu's pedals. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It brightened my day. She was so. She still sounded lovely. Daddy, daddy. It's the most. Oh God, well, I cry. I cry. Even thinking about eighty about or so. Well, that that is the one moment in terms yeah. of not sentimentality, but the bit that will, what I, I think will bring tears to your eye is when Jimmy Stewart loses control. Oh. and it's that's it. In fact, it's almost happening now. Just the moment about, because that that's sadder than any other moment yeah. in the bit because he sees what he's done and what's happening to him. What, there is a moment when when um, his son is plunking away Hark the Herald Angels sing. Yeah. Donna Reed is putting the stuff in the tree. The kids are kind of creating chaos and you can sort of smell the tension in the room. And he grabs his son and just goes... <gasps> it, it goes through me like yeah. a knife. It's yeah. amazing performance. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Piece. He is, I love Jimmy Stewart. He, he, he was one God, of... Yeah, the, I saw that, Mr Smith goes to Washington for the first oh. time this year. Oh... Mm. You think you're Mr. Smith, don't you, now, with all your politics and that? <laughs> yeah, you should back that up, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a comedian. I'm just a flower. <laughs> but you see, it's weird because I think in this country, um, It's a Wonderful Life uh, is more recent than it's really become our Christmas film mm. because for, for uh, I would, I'll say specifically our generation, Mark, because we're mm. probably close to the age, Wizard of Oz was the Christmas film. It was on mm. every Christmas and that was the one that all the clichés were about. And then It's a Wonderful Life seemed to slowly creep back in, really, since I've been an adult. And it does have... Uh... Well, I remember when I, I saw it when I was very little and I used to call it... My dad used to call it Clarence the Angel. That's what I knew it as. And it was not on because I remember when it was on again, I went, oh, it's that! So it wasn't a, it wasn't an annual treat that it sort of become. It wasn't that, something I was you know. brought up with. Yeah. It was something that I'd seen parodies on on things like The Simpsons and stuff like mm. that, and I only saw for the first time about three or four years. You know the, the other thing which is amazing about it, it is the same. It goes for Christmas, Christmas Carol as well. It actually feels like it's been with us forever. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a mythic story. It's so good that you feel like this must be thousands of years old about this story. It's so it's such a great idea. Is yeah. that is that it's the about, first example of the, of that story of the, the removal of someone's. Uh, it so. doesn't have any. Someone yeah, as far as I a know, review it. of their life if their life hadn't yeah, happened. Yeah, if, if they hadn't existed. I really can't think of a predecessor yeah. for that. Not even in kind of a lot of the stuff you'll trace it back and it'll be something from the classics. 
But in that case, no, no I can't think of a precedent for that. Card. You know, it started life as a Christmas card. The story was that the, the man who actually wrote the story he wrote it as a long form Christmas card, little like the the, the basics of that story, and and. Um, Capra bought the rights to the card. I can just imagine, like, listen, we love your card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the card. It doesn't sound like something from the 40s, that's does so it? Funny. Yeah. It's like somebody's Twitter account. We've got another one. Now. It just says season's greetings. We're not going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the idea that he's scouting around all the cards. Yeah, like, yeah. We're making another film. It's called Sorry, You're Retiring. Yeah. <laughs> Astonishing. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about kind of ghost and horror stories in general. I mean, a lot of them, um, I mean, say, with Warning to the Curious, uh, this is an urban dweller's horror of rustic coastal people and their strange <laughs> traditions and accents. You know, it's a fear of Norfolk. Well, do you know, I think, I, well, I think M.L. James is a, is a very interesting man. <laughs> Provost of Eton. And he used to write yeah. these stories for, just to entertain his friends. And But under, underlying them... Appropriately enough, I think very deep is is probably his his um, homosexuality and and certainly I think a terror of women. Uh, I think that's very true. I well, think, he's right to be frightened of us. Mm. Seriously. Well, we're all we're you all very scared. <laughs> Richard Coles, I think you might have been joining in a little online conversation we were having where we were talking about M. R. James. Said, I remember Anthony Powell wrote something very interesting about him, I think, because they were at um, Oxford or whatever together and he flipped back and then he just tweeted me back and he went, No, actually I've totally misremembered that. He just said something about him being a bit puffy. <laughs> 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 that- I love the idea of people on their Twitter then going to their library to check up the reference <laughs> and then well, going the proper that's activity, delightful. isn't it? Is I think as long as it, it's not your whole life. <laughs> It's a constant... I mean, I remember the first time that we communicated on Twitter, um, I suddenly realised that people who followed both of us were having what was probably... It was a very specific conversation (laughs) about the horror films of the late 1940s. Um, And, yeah, but I I kind of find that quite a charming... But I tell you what, I was following... I follow uh, Ben Goldacre and Adam Rutherford, and they were having a really interesting conversation about statistics for ages. It was great. It was just spying on them and going... (laughs) Were you any of the wiser? (laughs) Well, no, but you know. See what you're missing, Alan, with your sitting there and writing novels. <laughs> Get well, stuff we, done. We are writing constant 140 character based novels. <laughs> I was sitting next, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting next to Professor Brian Cox himself, and he was explaining on his laptop to me all about the, uh, the Higgs boson. Yeah. Personally, just one on one to me. So I'm not missing anything. (laughs) (laughs) Alan Moore here. Send round the next expert. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know how fridges work. Would you find someone? (laughs) (laughs) um, So back to the the horror movies, Christmas horror movies. I was just thinking, is is there any... Because we've talked about the horror ghost stories, obviously shorter work. Black Christmas, there there aren't very many, are there? There's one about somebody dresses up as Father Christmas. And kills gone. That was I don't remember that as a movie. Although yes, it did. It did get. I think it made it into the Tales from the yeah. Crypt movie. It's a segment of. It's oh segment. no, that's a different one with Joan Collins. Yeah, yeah. and all that, through the house. It's, it's the, the one with uh, yes, the uh, it's an EC comic originally, yeah. Yeah. where there's a woman who's just killed her husband <laughs> yeah. and, and he's trying to clean up the body, but and she's trying to keep her little girl upstairs asleep. And there's stuff on the radio about how there's a lunatic escape from an asylum. As He's believed to be dressed as Santa Claus. It's fantastic. And the final panel is she's just got the house all cleaned up, the body's been put away, and then her little girl says, Mummy, guess who I found outside? 
Yeah. And uh, there's just this you, sort of wild eyed creature. It's wino looking it's face. It's really, as well, he's hasn't really yeah. scary. It's, although it, it, it suffers enormously that because the blood on her murdered husband's head is purple. It's like nail varnish. It's so strange. You just go, why, why couldn't this be good blood? But it's very nice. But there is a, they remade it for the TV series uh, and all through the house really well. And the guy who plays the Mad Santa is the guy from L.A. Law. Do you remember who played the, like, the special needs guy? Yeah, who was in Darkman series as yeah, well. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and what they did is one brilliant little touch. It's really well done, very scary. Right at the end when the little girl lets him in, there's a sort of freeze. And he lifts up his axe and says... Naughty or nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is a great... But the one I was thinking is a much cheaper film. I think it might have originally called Silent Night, Deadly Night, something oh, like that's, that, that's, that's which is just a cheap one about a boy, a man who works at a toy factory and uh, the, the, but he decides that some of the people who—it's actually adults who've been uh, naughty—will have to be killed. And then at the end, he kind of just turns into Father Christmas and goes off into the sky. Was it you <laughs> telling that? It was you telling yeah, the other day yeah. that wonderful Father Christmas? Yeah. But the um, that's while we're on that, think of the, the little girl who it wasn't Chloe uh, Franks, was it in the Tales from the Crypt one? I don't who, think so. No, the, no, um, no. but. Very creepy the, when you see uh, children, kind of pale children. This is what I want to know if we know why. If you ever see one of those films, they go, All things bright <gasps> oh. It's really creepy, children singing. Yep, Always, yep, yep, yes. Yep. Three of them singing, lovely, I'll put five pence in. <laughs> One of them singing, get away, you're the ghost of a Victorian child. That to me is like a Doctor Who trope. Yeah. When, when all was... <laughs> Uh, when I, I think this is another M.I. James story, but when I was growing up, I was lucky enough, they used to have uh, Tales of Mystery and Imagination, and there was also uh, a thing called Late Night Horror, um, and I don't remember which one it was, but they adopted, I think it's M.I. James, Lost Hearts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is terrifying. I've read the story already, and that had really frightened me. It was... Uh, it was. Got them all uh, if you want them. Sorry, got them all if you want them. Oh, that'd be lovely. Mark. It's a, that's a that's a BBC one last time last uh, with um, uh, Joseph O'Connor and the the children with oh, the long fingernails. Where did you get that from? Where have you, you managed to get hold of that? Mm. I actually, it was buried in East Anglia, and I had to follow a trail. <laughs> Ever since, a man in a black coat has been following me. <laughs> Don't trust him anyway. Actually, well, Mark Gates is an absolute liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting for Shalkin the painter for bloody oh, years. That's true. Now. Well, that's I like, yeah, foolishly come... lent that out. <laughs> did you never get it back for the person you no, lent it no. to? Oh, I know where foolish. he is though. The, no, I've uh, said I know where they all are. <laughs> the, um, so we've only got, oh, we've got five minutes left. It's a disaster, right? We haven't really started with the Christmas listing. So uh, oh, Christmas, right? So uh, sitcom movies, very quickly. Which would be of the sitcom movies? Uh, if they were on, or yeah, if they are yeah, on. Choice of sitcom. Look, there's, look, there's nothing on. Okay. There is ba it's a very Stephen Frymus. That's what it is. It's genuinely, just... genuinely, I would say the, the good ones are. Uh, the the Likely Lads movie is good. The Porridge movie is very good. The Rising Damp one has its moments, but for for a, for a guilty pleasure, probably are you being served? Oh, you deliberately which is a disgraceful it. mess. It's one where they don't even bother to dress the studio floor to make it look like the outside. As far as I remember, there's bits where it's, it's just it's an alarming film. <laughs> I mean, I'd say um, that Northampton lost its uh, analog signal about three months ago. And on an obscure point of principle, which I can no longer remember, <laughs> I decided that I definitely wasn't going to get a, a digi box for the top of the set. So uh, I should just be staring at the wall. 
um, this Christmas. Or carols from kings. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, you know, now you've... You, we, this is the thing that I find... I suppose the one thing I don't understand is I don't understand now why you worry about what's on television anyway because I basically... You just programme it yourself, don't you? Now we have DVD technology. Will you... Mm. But there is still... Why is there that excitement uh, if something's actually on? It's mm. amazing. It's, I, you're absolutely right. You put your finger on it. It's a strange... It's an... It's alchemy. It's it's a there's a magic to it. Last Christmas, it's cultural participation. I gave you my heart. Last <laughs> Christmas was was equally disappointing, and I ended up programming one sun, Saturday afternoon, close to Christmas. I watched. Uh, I put on myself um, Tales of Hoffman, Paul and Pressburger, because mm. it should have been on. Mm. Uh, followed by um, uh, Lorenzo the Singing Whale cartoon. <laughs> I just programmed the whole day because it was the Christmas I wanted. But it's not the same as the simple magic of, of slumping in front of the telly and hearing a voice say, now journey to the centre of the earth. Whoa! But well, also knowing that everyone else is watching it. Yeah, it's, it's magic. It's a shared feels, experience. It's, it doesn't shared feel experience. lonely. Uh, Alan, so you're programming Christmas. Uh, I would have a showing of I don't know who the director was. Uh, the Five Thousand Fingers of Doctor <gasps> T. Oh, Doctor T. Willicker. It was oh, it was Doctor Seuss who yeah, yeah. had actually done most of the designs for yeah. it. That's an extraordinary. Film. It's it's incredible. That's it, like the the wrong Wizard of Oz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just about some kid who's got music lessons yeah. from a sinister Doctor Terwilliger and ends up in this. Wonderful, nightmarish dream world where there's figures on roller skates chasing him across dunes. Mm. There's an endless keyboard that stretches to the horizon. That's like Sparky's Magic Piano. Dr. Terwilliger has written written a piece that can only be played by 5,000 fingers. So he's kidnapped all these children to play this Mm. sort of infinitely sized piano. It's mad. Brilliant. Right, Josie, you've got to show your throw your one mine in now. Mine is more recent. I would watch Return to Oz. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, yes, that was, that was just a good brilliant, film. terrifying. With the and head of Princess Mumby. Yeah, in the thing, in all the different heads. All the heads wake up and start stolen. screaming. Yeah. And the bit where they have to touch the different things to find the friends. I've watched. I that. miss the oh. songs though. <laughs> Thank you very much. We haven't really talked about what's on television. But we've told well, you nothing not to watch it. On. Make your own things. Yeah. What a... is this? The Sherlock. There's obviously well that's, that's New Year's Day. Post Christmas. Yeah, so we never talked about Sherlock. This has been. Uh, oh no. Have a very Sherlock. happy Christmas. Thank you very much for listening. There's that's the end of our shambles for this year. Uh, and goodbye. That's good. Sherlock, <laughs> there's a crime to solve. Lyrics, who knew? You've been listening to uh, Josie and Robin's Utter Shambles, brought to you by Comedy Central. This podcast was edited by Mike Pell and produced by Adrian McKinder. For more podcasts and other stuff, go to comedycentral.co.uk.